Welcome to the STL Soccer Report, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. All right, welcome to the show. This is STL Soccer Report, and we're coming at you from Dogtown, St. Louis, as usual. Uh, Spencer's here. What's going on, guys? How's it going, man? Another wonderful evening in St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, it's getting warm, but that's a good thing for soccer, especially. I think the guys get nice and warm and loose when it's warm. Um, but we need to kind of hurry here. So I'm going to jump right into what we're talking about. We just talked to Matt from, um, the unused substitutes podcast in Tampa Bay for the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Um, they're part of the beautiful game network, which we are as well. Um, a lot of really good podcasts, all mostly USL podcasts, all around the league in many different cities. So look up bgm.bgn.fm um, to check out all those podcasts. Um, but you can listen to the substitutes, unused subs. They uh, they're going to be talking about their team extensively. So definitely, if you want to get a scouting report on the other side, that's what you should listen to. But real quick, we're going to try and talk about. We talked to them a little too long, so we got to wrap this up quickly. We're going to talk about Charleston and we're going to talk about Wichita. Um, somewhat of a boring game and then somewhat of an insane, crazy game right after it. I was told to go to the room because I was yelling too much in the living room, so I had to go watch that game in the bedroom. It was rough. It was so bad, and we'll talk about it, but let's talk about Charleston. I've, I've got a main theme here that I just want to go ahead and just throw it out there in the open so we can kind of have it in the back of our minds as we talk about these two games, and I think that is that St. Louis FC has been found out. We People know that we send everybody but the goalkeeper and two center backs forward, okay? And once that happens, it always happens, you know, after a couple of attacks, we start getting our getting everything together, and, and if we don't score a goal, the other team counters on us. Oh. And we got two guys to stop, maybe three or four guys on the counter. So um, we've been figured out. Charleston did that to the best possible degree that I've seen so far. Now, kind of like we've talked about many times, and I've said it, when anybody talks about Precky style of play, that's what they say. They mm-hmm. score a lot, but they're susceptible to the counterattacks. Well, as you've seen in the Wichita and Charleston game, we've had chances. It isn't like we can't get it past or we can't get into the box. So I think if we start scoring, then, yeah, it doesn't matter that we lose one uh, or we they score one point because we scored three. Yeah. So it's one of those Precky doesn't play a style where you can not score. You have to score because scoring is your defense. Yeah, it is. And and he's that's what he talks about is defending with the ball. I've been wanting to ask him for a really good explanation of that. And I think it's somewhat self-explanatory, but I'd really love to hear it from the coach himself. So at some point, I do think we'll figure that out um, once we t- catch up with him again. But um, but yeah, that's the plan. But here's the problem. And everybody knows it is we're not getting goals. Right. Just oh, like you yeah. said. And we're, not, we're on top of that. We're not getting the chances. And, and you can see that in the statistics is the chances created have not been good. Now, part of that is we need to say this real quick, that Preki is trying to throw off the other side and it's only lasting a little while, but it's at least different looks out there. USL is a very it's just full of parody. Everyone knows everybody else. Everyone learns how to play everybody else. We play each other twice a year at least. Um, so, you know, there's some kind of, there always needs to be a plan B and there needs to be some change. Some things that maybe we haven't seen from St. Louis in the past are those things. Precky's got some plan B's that he's thrown out there. And that's, I think that's awesome. One of those plan B's was the three, four, three against Orlando city B. Right. Um, I wish it worked out better, but right. It, it didn't work. And actually I think there's a theme here. I don't really feel like 
Actually, no, I think this next one did work against Charleston in the first half. This is a dangerous team. We're just getting our team back from injury, basically the whole team, half the team. And he puts out, in my opinion, three defensive midfielders in Tony Walls, Tyler David and Dragon Stoikov. Now, I love seeing those three on the field. I think they're three really awesome players to watch. It's cool to kind of clog up the middle on on Charleston um, and defend for the first half, make sure they don't get a goal on us away. And then and then start attacking like normal in the second half. But, you know, Valeski was up top and got almost no chances yeah. in that first half. It was it was really ugly. He was getting frustrated. It was very stagnant. Yeah. And, and I'm not sure they planned on getting, you know, I think they threw some, some balls over the top, some direct balls to try to catch some off guard or maybe get lucky with a bounce, a ball bouncing around in the box or a header uh, off a set piece or something like that. Uh, playing kind of like Ottawa Fury played us um, when they came to town. Uh, it just didn't happen, and and I would say it's admirable that Ottawa came away one or sorry Charleston uh, won. It was oh it was two zero in the one end. Zero. Wasn't it? it was one zero. Okay. Just in the sixty second minute, we held them off, and I, I think that's admirable. Um, but again, we scored two or three goals like Brecky likes. It doesn't matter that they scored yes, one goal. Exactly. I mean, the two games we have won this year or three. How many have we won? Three. Um, <laughs> three two, three two, one zero, two zero, two one. Against Pittsburgh, what was that, 2-1? Yeah. Um, We're but, sounding like a defensive team there, aren't we? <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. We have to score goals to win. We're not We're not going to win 1-0. We're not going to, like, we have to, our best defense is just getting enough goals on the board that when you do get counterattacked that one or two times, it doesn't matter because you have double their goals. Yeah. And we are getting people back, and I think it's going to start looking better, but... I feel like our team has to relearn each other now that we're all going back to you know oh, the starting lineup. Hurts. And so we'll see if we start improving in the next several games. I would just say I don't think we should expect immediate success. No. I think it's going to take a while again, uh, which is what we were preached in the beginning, but we kind of got away with a few games there. Well, let's talk about Wichita because this ties in in that we didn't play like us because it wasn't working. Uh, Wichita was a much better team than I expected, even though I've heard really good things about them. But Preki changed the whole attack. And it's because in this case, it was a really smart move because we just figured out they were bad at something. And we figured out they their def their defenders weren't good in the air, basically. Again, and that's um, how we I won the game. I stayed home. Ugly. You went to the match. Yeah. Um, our feed did not kick in until the 20th minute, 25th minute. So when we turned it on, it was 1-0. Um, but... One thing I did notice was a lot of the players we had out there are not our normal players. Um, like a lot of our Matt Sheld, or no, he actually played great that game. Uh, Wes Sharpie, Matt Spearman. Aiden Stanley got his pre uh, premiere. Yeah, but a lot of the other guys have stayed home. We did, oh, another side note, we did sign Emir. Oh, yeah. Well, it's Emir's I won't even name. try, I'm okay. sorry. He's Bosnian been with, training with us this whole time. Yeah. Um, I met his dad and brother, I think, at training. They came out. Um, they're Bosnian. Great guys. Um, but that's a side note. He got his first start that match. I didn't know he was drafted by the Seattle Sounders. Yeah, he, he played scored a goal Sounders against us too. last year. That's funny. I didn't know yeah, that. So. Well, he scored a hell of a goal that, uh, that night against Wichita. Then again, every goal Wichita shot went in. Like, none of their goals were, like, uh, good goals. Well... 
Actually, I want to talk about Let's that. Let's start with the first goal. Thank you. You were there. I just want I to go down. So I guess the feed cut out at that point. At the five-minute mark, um, they were on a breakaway. They were on the break, the counterattack, just like they knew how to play us, okay? Imagine that. Their coach, you know, made the right choices because they were very dangerous against us playing the right way. Um, so And they have talented guys that are on the indoor national team for the United oh, States. Oh, yes. I think they're wingers. Both their wingers were indoor guys. They were studs. They looked great. So in the fifth minute, they got a counterattack. No one was there to stop them. And so, um, I'm sorry, Davila Gorik came out of his, came out from his goal line and attacked the guy who was about to score the goal in a breakaway. And he jumped out and he hit the ball first and kind of rolled a little bit on top of the attacker. And the attacker went down, of course, but he stopped the ball called a foul. I think we all kind of like seized up like, oh, that might be a foul. And and it probably was a foul and it was in the box. So it was a penalty kick, but it was so light. He did not take him out oh, at okay. all. The, he rolled over him. And I, I can 100% say that he rolled over the goalkeeper more so than Davila rolled over the, the okay. attacker. He just went for the ball, but there was contact. The ref, I think we all know at this point, called the lightest game I've ever oh, seen yeah. in my life. So that was the beginning. That was right at the beginning, making a huge call, only a yellow card. So my big question, I would love to hear people's response to this, was if you're the last defender, granted the goalkeeper's always, almost always the last defender, if you foul someone in the box as the last defender, to isn't that a, a goal? Isn't that a red? Should have, is it yellow to red or is it straight red? I always thought it was a straight red. Typically, I know there's you can you can. I do know that if you use your hand you to want. stop the ball from going in the gold, that's a red. We'll get to that very shortly. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I'm just curious if any soccer guys who know soccer better than us can maybe text us or tweet us or email us. Like I would love to know the answer to that because it may not always be the case. But that was a yellow, and if it was really a foul, maybe it should have been a red. Maybe it was so light that he gave him a yellow. Okay. Um, 33rd minute. AJ Cochran. So that was a penalty kick that got their first goal. Okay. 33rd minute. AJ Cochran. That dude was soaring. Dude, he was like <laughs> one foot, maybe a foot and a half above everyone else. Oh, it was phenomenal. It was awesome to see. And it was really cool. I think that's where Precky, maybe even a play or two before that, started probably realizing, unless he already knew at the start, these guys were bad in the air and we need to just attack them that way. Oh, yeah. Because guys were just trying to draw fouls, which were. Everyone was getting to get free kicks and corners against this team because it was working. Uh, as AJ showed us in the 33rd minute, awesome, awesome goal. That was one of the better ones on our side, honestly. Um, so then in the 62nd minute, they got a goal. Gordon Gerson. Um, Their announcers love saying that guy's name over well, and over and over again. They needed to say it a few times. That goal was a banger. It was a sweet goal from way outside the box. No, it, that was the third goal. Oh, was that the third one? Third goal. I'm second sorry. Goal the second was a really was a good counter. No, it was a freak shot goal. It goes across oh, to the I'm right. I'm sorry. Gorick hits it up, in which I didn't know until I listened to Matt Sheldon's yeah. YouTube channel. So it goes over. Davala punches it to the his right. The guy kicks it back across, hits Matt Sheldon's hand because they're down by his side, and deflects into the goal. Well, in it. You it was a ping pong. It you didn't went see ding, that ding, one? Ding. I, I mean, I saw it, but I oh. didn't see it hit Matt Sheldon's hand. I think the argument was it was a corner, right? And and it hit the top right corner of the goalpost. So it was out at that point. Like it hit the back of the goalpost a little bit. 
Was it? That's oh, okay. what I thought the argument was. And then it skied up. Everyone thought the play was dead and it just went in and everyone thought it, it was, was a no weird big deal. ping pong, weird yeah. goal on that one. And honestly, it might have hit two people because I didn't see that either. I, I right. thought the play was dead, too. And I looked over to talk about what just happened to someone else. Like, ooh, that was close. It hit the corner. And then they started celebrating. Right. So it was really weird. I know. Actually, I forgot. I'm going to play an interview. Um, ah, probably right now, actually. I'm just going to. We'll stop here because Jeremy comments on what everyone thought about that. Okay. Do you have heart medicine yet? <laughs> no, I'm. Oh my! God. I should be too young for that. It's it's open cup. It's gonna be that it's way. Crazy, yeah, I know. And I kept telling myself, but for goodness' sake, did you count them? Did you count the yellow cards? <laughs> yeah, he he had a he had a tough night. Yeah. He had a really tough night, and it wasn't that type of game. You know yeah. what I mean? We weren't nasty. They weren't nasty. Yeah, I really I thought it was more civil yeah. than. Yeah. yeah, he was giving away yellow cards for kicking the ball. I mean. Come on, they're going to be up for it. You know, sure. we had some guys that hadn't played a lot of minutes lately. They were they needed some minutes, so they were going to be nervous. And you know, it was going to be that type of game. But um, yeah, just let, let the game play a little yeah. bit. It was just it wasn't didn't need to be that way. Yeah, well, you just huddled up with all the coaches. Anything mm-hmm. that they were thinking throughout the game. If I could be a fly on that bench, I would have loved to hear yeah. what was going on. Uh, you know, disappointment with some you know some things and some mistakes. Um, I, I honestly think the the one goal that trickled out. I think it hit the back support bar and then yeah. went out. So the ball's out of bounds. Penalty kick was questionable, but um, you know we should have finished that game off. We had a, plenty of chances. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's good to see Milan play almost a full ninety. You yeah. know, it was good to see. Um, uh, Amir gets some, you know, 90 minutes tonight, and he played well. The ball yeah. that he served in, Jose, was great. It's good to see Jose pop a couple of goals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Austin and AJ were were okay at times, so it was, you know, good to see that. But, look, you just this is about, you know, winning and advancing, and now the tough thing is now we got to go play another, you know, really good amateur team that has a history no in kidding. this thing with the Bucks. And these guys develop pros, and they win championships, and it's an indoor game up there, so it's indoors, and it's different, and it's weird. Um, but you know, look, this is it's fun. You know, it's, I mean, we're all gonna have stories for for a while about this one, and you just have to take that. No kidding. Thanks a lot, man. All right, you bet. We're back. Um, we just talked about Gordon's goal at the 62nd. Then you have Angulo's goal on the 72nd again through the air, mm-hmm. and it looked like he was Moses. <laughs> the ball. Um, I don't know what how high you were up, but their camera angles was a little high. The ball comes in. Everybody just moved away from him. And he headed the ball straight into the ground. Like, that there was nobody, so like, sense. somebody was lost or picking his nose because literally parted, like, the Red Sea, and there's Angulo standing in the middle, like, and I'll just put this in the net. That makes so much sense. I, did, I couldn't see much. I just know he got it in, and I couldn't believe the ball made it to him. It was crazy. So, yeah, what's next? 72nd minute. That was Angulo. Oh, sorry. And then uh, they the got 80, one in the 81st. 81st, which was a screamer. Yeah. From outside the box. From Amir. No, from their... Uh, I thought that was... Oh, that was theirs. I'm uh, so sorry. Dory Corfi? Corfi? I don't remember how they say Cor- it. Yeah, Corfe, Corfi. But that dude hit a screamer from outside the box. Um, what's his name? Uh, Either he's really good or that was the goal of his life. Gorick literally had no chance. No, he didn't have a None, chance. None, zilch, nada. We looked at each other and just thought, okay. I started applauding. <laughs> I really <laughs> you did. You did the slow clap. You're like, okay. Yeah, I really did. And that did. put them up 3-2 in the 81st minute. Um, we had some huge chances yeah. um, coming down. Ball bounced around the box. Um, Milan went to put it in. Um, he, did, he misstepped and couldn't get a full kick on it, which then led to it dribbling to the corner where... 
Colton Haskin decided that it was better to become a filling goalkeeper, stopped it with his hand, um, got a red card, and we got a PK um, a PK out of it. At this point, turned out that was the best thing he could have done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm freaking out in the bedroom going, it's yeah. the 90th minute. I'm loving this. This is going to be awesome. We're going to tie it up right here. I'm furious. I'm furious <laughs> at this point because I'm like, I really, truly, truly, I'm not lying to you. I was like, he's going to miss this. <laughs> Maybe that was bad voodoo on my part, and I'm so sorry if well, that's true. Well, spoiler alert, Angulo skied one. Yeah, it was for, a field goal. Oh, yeah. Well, also, I, I want to say a lot. I, yeah, I, I did too under my breath. I was trying to be quiet because there were kids <laughs> around me. But uh, you guys probably didn't see this in the feed. Three guys were arguing they wanted it. Guzman Guzman wanted it. Ledbetter wanted it, I think. And Milan tried to argue with it. He wanted it. Angulo or Milan put his foot down like a dad for sure. Milan got the ball, set it up, started walking back, and Angulo then walked back up and reset it. I don't know if that was a call from the sideline that might have or what, but there were people arguing over it. Everyone wanted it, which is good. So we miss it. We're still down 3 2. I'm, I'm like. I'm ready to die. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, so I'm looking for a traffic to go play at this point. I thought it was done. But, you know, shortly before that, actually. Luckily, there's nine or seven minutes of stoppage time. was right. the only saving grace to this. But even shortly before this, they put in Tyler David, right? Yeah. And, and I can't remember who they took off. Uh, they took off, I think, a midfielder. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. But they took someone off, and he came on as a, a third forward. And, oh, yeah. and you just knew the second he got up there and he started standing in line with Milan and Angulo, you're like, okay, he's there to head the ball. Oh, yeah. And, and again, that's Their just... Their team wasn't very tall, though. No, they weren't. And that's part of why they were bad in the air. It's, oh, yeah. it's, they didn't stand a chance. We have really big guys who are used to competing with other huge guys Correct. on different teams. So, um, you know, he was in there to do this job. And at 90 minutes plus five... He scored. Yeah. That's exactly how we scored. And luckily, it was Angulo that served it up to him. It was a, excuse me, great header that came across. And Good service, too. Yeah, it was overall great. I was super excited at that point, knowing that if we could just get into overtime, them being a man down, mm-hmm. I thought we could pull it out. I did, too. But I had the faith. And, and on top of that, this is where we have to stop and say, Precky, you earned your damn paycheck on that one. I mean, that well done, sir. That would have been a scary bus ride home if we lost that game. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would have been rough. So depressing. It would have been a, a depressing car ride home for me. Now, I was I didn't, already terribly depressed when I thought we were going to lose. I didn't hear it. I didn't know where people were reading it. But Precky was furious at the conditions of the field. Yeah. So I actually took some pictures ahead of time. I was like, oh, this is kind of a nice pitch. It's real grass. I was excited. Took a picture up close. It looked nice until the ball was on it. That, I mean, it's kind of tall. It's a little too tall. And it's pat not patchy in that there's large spots of no grass, bare grass. It's like huge clumps everywhere where you could hardly see where there was just holes in the dirt. So that's why you saw that ball bouncing like crazy. Oh, okay. and, it, and the grass was taller than it should have been on top of that, maybe to cover the patches. Yeah, but Precky was not happy. So it moved those. really slow. And I would say our first five to ten minutes was that was the problem. We, I again, the feed didn't kick until the 25th. So Yeah, I mean, and maybe it was that... It was really bad at, at first, and he was right to complain. Granted, we won, and it's, that's no, it's nice. open cup play. Oh, this is what you deal with. Exactly. And you know, later well, this month we'll be indoors. <laughs> yeah, we're Michigan Bucks indoor soccer team that doesn't play indoor soccer. There you go. That's their motto on their website. <laughs> by the way, yeah, huge shade being thrown on indoor soccer on that one, I guess. 
Uh, but let's just finish up the game because we've said everything we've wanted to say here other than talking about the yellow cards. Um, but That goalie, or the, not goalie, that ref called everything and anything, any bumps, any falls. If you complained about how bad the call was, he gave you a yellow. You get a yellow, you get a yellow. It reminds me of that Oprah meme. You get a yellow, you get a yellow. Don't worry. What's the snare drummer's name from Luligans? Zach. He was saying that among many, many, many other things. I was. I heard it's hard for me to take. I'm not a crap talker. I heard I, I we got the finger from like a soccer mom or something. The f word for sure <laughs> nice. with two kids right next to her. <laughs> so it was rough, but she left. Um, you win some, you lose some. On top of that, Wichita guys. I swear, I had ten to twenty Wichita fans come up and say. I heard they were coming. nothing but great. I thought people were nice in Louisville. Wichita was insane. It was like almost too much. Everyone okay. was so incredibly nice. It was really amazing. Uh, so I had a really good time there, but it says there were six yellows on each side, and I just have to wonder if, I found that on ESPN FC, if six is as high as their digits go. I swear there were like 20 uh, yellow Fat Mob doesn't show. Fat Mob no, only shows reds. So it said six on each side. I asked Jeremy if maybe he had um, a certain number. He says, I don't know, but that seems really light. Exclamation mark is what he just texted me back. So um, I agree. I feel like there were twenty or more. I was at the end of the game. I was looking around. I was like, who doesn't have a yellow card? Someone's going to get ejected from this game. It didn't happen. Hopefully that doesn't come now back. Does to US haunt us. Open Cup yellow cards transfer into USL no. regular season Open Cups? No, they don't. So if we go just one more round, no big deal. But if we go two more rounds, say we play the Fire, we could have someone ejected by then easily. Yeah, uh, from true. yellow card suspension. So uh, something that could come back to haunt us because of, of bad refereeing. That guy had a bad day. Maybe he learned from it. Let's <laughs> hope. Uh, but, you know, there was one more goal from Amir. Uh, that Amir was never ins- scored. I swear that was Amir. Amir never scored. Who was it that hit that last goal in? Uh, I'm really screwing all these goals up. I'm sorry. What was the last goal? How did we score the last goal? I swear it Tyler was Tyler David did that. Look up phone mom. It's right there. Dave Angulo. It's Angulo? Okay, so that one, the feed, no idea who scored it. The cameraman took two seconds I off. I swear to you, it's in a the mirror. feed, literally, it says Angulo on Fat Mom. For real? Uh-huh. I'm so sorry. But the feed, literally, you see the ball come into the feed and out. The screwy thing about that and why they were all pissed, uh, Wichita was all pissed, is because Milan was off sides in Milan fake went for a header and the goalie played what the fake header would have been, um, which it comes down to referee interpretation of did Milan affect the play? Hmm. I think he did. The ref did not see it that way. So good goal. The real controversy to this whole match, though, comes in the what is it 120 so like 118 minutes in so like two minutes to go in the overtime um in the last overtime ball comes in from the corner it hits how's hand mm-hmm. problem with it is is how was in the box which should have resulted in a pk the referee did not see it that way and thought that he was outside the box, so they got a set piece from four yards outside the box. It was definitely in the box. So everyone everyone I hear who was watching the feed said that. And I, I looked to the guy next to me, and I was like, I swear where he spotted is exactly where it happened. But I not think I'm even, wrong. Not even close. I was on the other side of the field, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, that stinks because that's a pretty big deal. 
Oh, yeah, and it sucks to see it happen in the U.S. Open Cup where now they're done, there is no more, like, yeah. oh, we'll get them next game. Like, But that soccer, you win and lose. and Yeah, I think uh, Wichita put up a really, really good fight. Um, they, they maybe should have had us, so um, good on them. They got a really good facility going there. I think maybe if they fix that pitch and spend the, what, $27 million they're putting into that. I that heard that. There. That's crazy. Yeah. So, you know, if they put in a little bit of a new fit, uh, pitch and, and good facilities on top of that, expand the stands and get some fans in there, that's a one hell of a stadium that could easily go up to Division Three, which is coming to USL in 2019. So let's see if maybe they can make it up there and uh, maybe we'll see them in the future again. It could be heated after all this craziness that just oh, happened. Yes. So that's it. We were going to stop there. Um, we tried to rush through it as much as we could. Looks like we only took about 12 minutes, so that's not bad. Um, but next up, you're going to hear me and Spencer talk to Matt from Unused Substitutes Podcast. Down in Tampa, we talk about the game coming up. We talk about our personnel, talk about random stuff in their, our two cities. And we also talk about MLS a little bit at the end. So stay with us to the end of that if that piques your interest. Otherwise, we'll be talking at you after this weekend's action in Tampa. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a good night, guys. Bye. So we're doing a uh, doing a little experiment here tonight for uh, a little uh, BGN Beautiful Game Network uh, crossover episode. Uh, this is Matt from the NU Substitutes, and go ahead, guys, introduce yourselves. Uh, I mean, your your listeners will know you, and mine will know me, I guess. But we'll just do it this way. Yeah, listeners, I hope we have some out there. This is Phil, <laughs> and we've got Spencer right next to me. From, What's going on, guys? Yeah, this is STL Soccer Report. This is uh, the, our first crossover episode, so we'll see how this goes. I'm excited. Hopefully yeah. it works and we can do more of these. Yeah, it's kind of cool. We're uh, we're kind of making this up as we go, which uh, you know fits with the uh, the vibe of all of our shows to begin with. So yeah, it for real. <laughs> shouldn't seem like anything new. So uh, your guys, not, I mean, I don't mean like you specifically as far as I know, but uh, St. Louis is coming to town this weekend. Uh, to play the Rowdies at Al Lang. Uh, how's your guys' season been going so far? How would you uh, how would you sum it up? To the you know, how many started games off you- real well, first- and we've kind of skidded a little bit. Our right. first couple games, um, I don't know how much you follow us. We had a zero zero draw against Louisville, which was our first game with Precky and seeing our whole new team. Um, a lot of people don't know we only brought three people from last year's team, so it was big surprise there but we had two huge wins at home and then we've kind of slid <laughs> <laughs> how many games yeah. have you guys played so far we've played eight okay we had the one rain out or flood out whatever right. you want to call it against rochester so we should be at nine but we're at eight right now yeah because we were i was watching the rochester richmond game yesterday because we played rochester uh wednesday night in rochester before coming back here to, to play you guys and it was you oh, know sweet. rochester's played like you're tired <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Rochester's played like six. Like that was their sixth game, and and we've already played ten. So it's like, oh my gosh, the scheduling seems a little. Like they they were saying on the broadcast, and actually one of the guys doing the broadcast on uh, YouTube was uh, our color guys. I guess they roped him in to do the uh, show, but he was saying that they hadn't played a league game in like something like three weeks. I don't know what oh the deal God. is, but that seems a little weird. Is that like a 
typical USL scheduling thing? We're all kind of new to this. No, actually, I've actually heard this year was a weird in multiple ways. And I know they've spread it a little more. Um, you know, they added the two games, but I know they've spread it out a little bit more so that people are getting a little bit more rest. And I assume that's an open cup thing. But I mean, that's a lot of time. Look, I'd be upset this, if I was Richmond. Oh, yeah. We had this weekend off. Um, but then again, we played Wednesday and now we play you guys. So, I mean, we didn't play have a game Saturday. Right. We didn't have one scheduled. And I think that was I think a few teams got a little bit of space for the Open Cup, oh, yeah. which is, I assume, what what we got to. But um, but yeah, I mean, while we're on the to- the topic of schedules, can you maybe tell us about how your season's gone, too? It's been looking pretty good from where I'm standing. You got a lot of wins in your past five game history here. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a nice stretch. Uh, we started out the year uh, with a three game homestand, won all three games, uh, played uh Orlando City B to start the season off, which was an interesting experience. Um, we played uh, Toronto FC two, and uh, I'm trying to think in my head right now while I'm uh, pulling up the schedule because uh, we have not had a lot of rest in the last couple weeks. Um, but yeah, we started off a three game homestand, went on the road, uh, lost at Louisville. Okay, so we played uh, Orlando, Toronto two, and Ottawa Fury at home. Won all three of those. Uh, went on the road to Louisville, lost that one. Uh, then uh, another road trip to Cincinnati where we ended up with a draw after having the lead for most of the game. Uh, came back home to Charleston, lost that one late. Uh, Richmond came to town next. Uh, th- that was a one nothing. Went up to Ottawa. That was a 0-0 draw, which is uh, uh, something we've had way too many of with Ottawa over the years. Uh, Louisville then came back down here. Uh, we beat them here. Uh, and then we went up to Toronto, uh, and beat them. And now we've got Rochester and you guys, uh, to round out this week. And we had our open cup game last week thrown in against, uh, the Jacksonville Armada U23s, uh, won that one three to nothing. So we're on to take on Miami FC in the next round. Um, now who I saw, who did you guys sign this off season? Um, some guy from Wolfsburg, some... Yeah, he's uh, somebody? Wolfsburg, named Marcel Schaefer. Uh, he's Wolfsburg's like, longest-serving uh, uh, player. He's been, been there for like 10 years. Uh, he'd actually been linked with possibly going to Atlanta United about a year ago. Uh, well. and the, his mom lives in Atlanta, I guess, and then said he kind of had second thoughts about maybe coming over. Uh, and then... Uh, earlier in the season, there's a, a preseason tournament we played called the Florida Cup, and Wolfsburg was there. Um, someone else, a couple other German teams, and a couple of South American teams, uh, and then he's joined after that. So he's here supposedly. How's he they, been doing for you guys? Oh, he's been fantastic. They've uh, they put him in. It's kind of weird right now. Like they he, he started out we're playing like a four two three one, and he was the uh, one of the two in the uh, defensive mids. Uh, and then the last few games, though, he's shifted back to playing left back. Uh, it started out because to cover uh, someone else with an illness. Right? Well, kind of, but he he's played there in Germany before. His he said his preferred position is in the midfield. Um, okay. but he played uh, he played left back for one game to cover uh, illness to another player, and is just kind of stuck there. So, um, and then you have one more player, uh, Cole. Yeah, Joe Cole. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's that, yeah, that, guy. that Joe yeah. Cole guy. He's a, yeah, he's man. He's been something else. And that's uh, when when the, the, that story broke last year, and you came in, we were all kind of like, you know, wh- what's this? What's he coming here for? What's he coming here to do? 
uh, he's been fantastic. Like you can't get him off the field. Uh, he plays through injuries, plays hard. He's he's having a ton of fun. The t- time we've gotten to talk to him, he's one of the nicest guys in the world. We're out there at the uh, the press conference uh, interviewing him, and you know, there's like all the local media, and then you know, a couple random like podcast guys here, and he goes. Does y'all come into the match on Saturday? We're like, yeah, Joe, we're, we've got season tickets. We'll be there. But he's been uh, absolutely fantastic on and off the field for the club so far. Yeah, uh, I've heard nothing but good things about Joel, and I feel like he is the guy that people point to where, like, a high-profile guy that actually has – he does it the right way. You know, he's playing in Division Two in the U.S. and could possibly have, have tried, you know, to get something more high profile, higher profile than that. But the guy is just, he puts his heart into the game no matter where he's playing. And I've heard nothing but good in that way. You know, people are like, well, I wonder if Drogba is going to be that way in Phoenix. Uh, doubtful, right? Has Drogba even played yet? No, he, so. he hasn't even been on the bench yet as far as I know. And I, we um, kind of joked about that because when, when Drogba was in uh, Montreal, it was kind of one of those, didn't want to do a lot of away games, didn't want to do a lot of turf games. I mean, mm-hmm. Joe's played everywhere, uh, you know, home and away, turf, grass, whatever. Uh, he's out there last week against uh, Toronto FC2 in, a, I don't know, it looks like a, a, a middle school's like a rec field or something, uh, and just running all over the place. Like, he's he's having it. It's, it's, it's kind of funny, Dan and I joke about it on our show. Uh, we both became Liverpool fans around the same time, and that was the same year that Joe Cole started playing for Liverpool. And that didn't work out so great for him or for Liverpool. And so we were all, we, we still haven't mentioned it to him that, you know, hey, we're, we're big Liverpool fans because we know he doesn't like talking about that, uh, that time in his career. But uh, yeah, he's been, uh, he's been absolutely fantastic. Well, that's cool. Well, while we're talking about that, what are some other players that we need to look out for? I know you guys picked up Brown in the offseason. I don't actually know where he's playing, whether he's a striker or a winger. Last time I listened to your uh, your podcast, you were saying you weren't sure where he was going to play, which I guess that was a long time ago. Now that I think about it, I've listened to a few since then. But last time I heard you talk about him, that's what you said. Uh, but yeah, who are the guys we should look out for as like star players or, or people that are going to affect the game a lot? All right, so uh, Deshaun Brown has been playing as a forward, and he's they've kind of mixed up the the starts a little bit between him and uh, Georgie Ristoff, who is uh, uh, kind of our, uh, our 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 legend right now. He's uh, he just set the uh, modern era Rowdy's record for appearances. He's a couple goals away from breaking Rodney Marsh's longstanding uh, goal scoring record. Uh, he's and he's he came here the year after we won the soccer bowl in NASL, so. He's been here for a couple of years. He's led the team in, in scoring. And it it kind of looked like he might be starting to uh, wear down a little bit last year, but he had a little bit of a, uh, we were calling it a renaissance for a while there, and, and he's been uh, scoring a lot this year too And between playing as a forward or as a winger. So uh, that would be a guy to keep an eye on. Um, and we, we signed this guy uh, out of, he's a Northern Irishman. He's played for Northern Ireland's national team, and he's played a, a you know, a, couple of years and a couple of different clubs in England, been in the Premier League for a season or two, named Martin Patterson, who's kind of been the uh, the the super sub off the bench. Uh, and he's been having a, a, a pretty good run lately. He got he came on uh, Friday night against Toronto when we were uh, 1-1, and within 10 seconds it scored. Um, wow. And we've talked to him, he's had a little bit of an injury-played career, and when we talked to him after the Open Cup game where he got what was – uh, the second goal in that game. I mean, he's just, he goes, look, I love playing football, but right now my whole life is about proving everybody wrong who said that I was washed up and written me off and that I should shut it down. So he's an intense guy uh, that's been doing a pretty good job too. Uh, our back line's been really good, but what 
what you might want to keep an eye on if you watch uh, Wednesday night against Rochester, two of our four regular backline starters uh, are on four yellow cards right now. Uh, Darnell King at the uh, right back position and Damian Lowe, who has probably been, I mean, Schaefer's been a heck of a pickup. Deshaun Brown's been a heck of a pickup. We really haven't missed on any of the guys we've added this year. But Damian Lowe, to me, might be the best player we've signed uh, in the offseason. He's just been eating up uh, chances and breaking up plays and everything else back there uh, in the back line and, and don't want him to miss any games. But he's he's got his four yellows, so we'll wait and see what happens. Very nice. Where did he come from, that center back? Uh, Damian Lowe, I believe he came out of uh, Seattle, too. Cool. Interesting. Well, you know, I was going to try to list off all of our star players, but Spencer, <laughs> I can't for the life of me think of who they are other than our goal scorers who have been a little dry lately. Like if you were to say who's someone they should look out for, I mean, who would you even say at this point? Well, I would go with the dark horse and I say like it. Uh, Milan Petrosovic. Um, he played in the uh, U.S. Open Cup game, Had he should have had 12 goals. He had <laughs> three or four of them that went high went wide couldn't get enough on it Mm -hmm. like but he was in the right place at the right time again no one's really seen much of him he only played um what game did he play he had like a groin injury so he's been out for uh, quite a while but that dude has a motor keeps running doesn't speak a lick of english uh that's a lie he's gotten a little bit better (laughs) but it's just a lot of hello hello happy happy to see you (laughs) yeah Um, he came straight from austria division two um but he's a serbian Preki prodigy, if you want to call him that. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, and he's like a Preki prodigy in that he he works his butt off on the field. That's my favorite thing. You about can't him. miss him though. He's about six three, Mister Clean looking dude. Yeah, nice. <laughs> shaved head, muscly. He's big. Um, anybody else? I mean, I've been impressed with Christian, even though he had um, Christian Valeski got him from Rochester, mm-hmm. um, like right before the season started because he was training training with Sporting, Sporting. Kansas City. Um, and I was actually talking to him and he said one day he showed up to practice and they went, Hey, we don't need your services anymore. He said he didn't even see it coming. So he kind of started to scramble for a team, knew about Preki coming here. So he jumped to us. And he went to college right around oh, St. Yeah. Louis too. Mm-hmm. So there were roots there. Okay. I'm trying to think who else, like I always say Wes Sharpie on the wing is yeah. done well for me. Um, he's a, Clearwater boy, so he's excited to come home. His family still lives in Clearwater. Yeah, yeah, he went to uh, to USF up here in Tampa. I used to, I watched him back when he was in college. Actually, one of the the IMG preseason games, I was out there in the stands, and he, he just was standing right in front of me, uh, talking to someone else who was out there uh, on the field. So I was going to ask you about him because I'm I'm looking at the uh, the ever reliable resource of Wikipedia, which shows him as no appearances yet. But has he has he gotten in some games yeah. this year? Yeah, he got two assists against Pittsburgh, oh, wow. actually. Uh, so we can both, we can all give Mike Sparts a little bit of trouble, all the uh, Mongols guys about that. But yeah, Sharpie's <laughs> been really good. I, he was actually, we didn't pay much attention to him at first because he didn't get a lot of preseason action and, right. and he didn't do anything terribly special in preseason. But since the regular season, he's been our best fullback, I think. And that's saying something because Matt Sheldon is a really but good he's, player too. But he's played on both sides and done yeah. well. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, Ivan Mirkovic, but he just got his cast off, and it looks like he's swimming in a pool to try to regain strength, so he won't be there. Um, I guess you could go Dragon, Dragon, um, yeah. Stoikov. Well, and that's what I always tell people is oh, that we're familiar with he, he came from over from Indy 11, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're familiar with him. Now, maybe you can explain this because a lot of St. Louis people don't understand. 
It says, according to Wikipedia, that he took a year off. But don't you guys play like a summer season and a fall season? Like, isn't there two seasons within a year? Yeah. In NASL? I, well, what they did, they started doing this because there was a lot of Florida-based teams with uh, with us in Jacksonville and Miami and Fort Lauderdale. Uh, I mean, they were doing it. They started doing it back in the the last World Cup year because that's when the the cup games were going on. Uh, but there was always like a, a three or four week break between the uh the fall and the i mean the spring and the fall season and the uh, the playoff system was set up so that you had the winning team from spring and the winning team from fall got in and then it was the 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 next two playoff teams were the uh, the two like in an overall table between the combined uh so maybe he took off one of the parts i was going to say from what i half. understood he took off one I guess one half of a season, but everyone's like, Oh, he didn't play anywhere last year. It's like, but he did just not for the full year. So it shows that he didn't play a full season. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's the, the spring and the fall basically equal one USL season to begin with. It's just with like a four week break in the middle. And it's like, it was like 16 games or something for each one or 15 games, whatever it was back when when there were uh, a lot more teams in that league. Um, yeah, so I mean, we're kind of look. I'm. I, I was kind of looking forward to uh, to Sharpie uh, doing a little homecoming. I mean, he's played against the Rowdies. There's usually a preseason uh, USF and, and Rowdies game, so he's. It's you know, it'll be fun for him. I'm sure to get back home and have some family members be able to come out and watch and everything. Uh, so that was kind of cool. Um, and and Gulo's a striker. He was a Fort Lauderdale striker. Yeah, 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 he was. Yeah, uh, well, he'll we'll take it out on him. I, I liked him a lot better until the. 89th minute of the U.S. Open Cup match. <laughs> um, we were down 3-4, and he skied one over the crossbar on a PK. Oh, I remember. Yeah, I wasn't watching it, but I was reading. Uh, I saw that. And then he he uh, kind of redeemed himself in extra time, though, didn't he? He was the one that had the assist. I did text message Tyler David and say that Angulo owes you a huge stake because if Tyler doesn't put that in, we lose and we blame Angulo. Yeah, that's true. Uh, nice. Uh, I want to go back real quick. Uh, something you guys mentioned about the 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 way Open Cup is scheduled. Uh, and, and this is, you know, it's even hard for me to even kind of predict a lineup until I wait and see what we have tomorrow night because uh, we played Saturday, May 6th again in Ottawa, then a week later home against Louisville, then went back to Canada that Friday, then uh, which was last Friday, and then Wednesday uh, – uh, Tomorrow, I mean, uh, this Wednesday against Rochester, and then we had that Open Cup game in there uh, after the Ottawa one as well. Like, it's been, uh, it's, it's, or I guess after the Louisville one, it's been a hectic few weeks for us. And and the game against you guys on Saturday is kind of the end of a uh, a run there. So we're we're interested to see. Um, you know, luckily we've come through so far. We've won all the games, uh, including the Open Cup game. But this is, yeah. you know, Rochester. It's really hard to say who they are based on them only playing six games, but uh, a little bit lower in the table. You guys a little bit higher up. I mean, that's kind of I wouldn't be surprised if we did a little squad rotation on Wednesday to save some guys for Saturday. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I'm interested to see what happens, but I can tell you that St. Louis is like we need a break of some sort. So this is really good news for guys like us because (laughs) St. Louis has just been on, on such a bad streak here so many injuries and guys are actually back and coming back. And so like if, if, if Tampa is a little bit off because of so many games, I mean, that's something we almost need at this point. So I'm interested to see how this goes, just knowing that 
Right. I'm I'm kind yeah. of wondering if we uh if we we save up our our two guys on yellow cards on Wednesday and, and save them for Saturday or or if they uh play them and and hope for the best. Uh, now, you guys travel to Miami FC for your game next Wednesday? Yes. See, you guys have been lucky. Jacksonville Armada within a drive. Yeah, um, and they Miami came here FC so that within was a drive. Yeah. And then for if we us, we got um wichita which you went to eight and a half hour drive then you have uh, what was oh no sorry it's only six oh it is only six yeah okay well then we were hoping to get indy 11 because i would definitely make a there and back trip right after work and come back but no we did michigan bucks which is a (laughs) what's their motto that's an eight We're, we're an indoor team but we don't play indoor soccer do you know anything about the Michigan Bucks? Uh, just the name. I, I remember watching. I think they I watched play them play inside. Detroit City a couple years ago in the Open Cup. Because I remember watching some kind of indoor game and thinking that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they play indoors. Wow. So I mean, we've again. That's another eight and a half hour drive that I won't be able to make. So I'm kind of upset. Our first two years in the league in USL, we had Minnesota United come to us two times. We had Des Moines Menace come to us. We mm-hmm. had Cleveland AFC Cleveland come to us this year. It's like, can't make it to that game. Can't make it to that game because they're all so far away. Yeah, I mm-hmm. wish I could go. Uh, I know the the supporters group, Ralph's Mobs, organizing a a trip down to Miami, and I wish I could do that, but it's the uh, the last day of school. And, uh, and I, I mean, that, school, you can so, miss that, right? Uh, I'm already missing tomorrow, and I kind of you know kind of can't. So I wish. Now, I, who did you guys draw for the MLS round? If you do make it past Miami FC, Orlando City. Oh boy. At Orlando, or does Orlando come to you? Uh, it would be us going there, which means it'll be our third trip there this year because we have <laughs> to go there twice for games against OCB. Okay. We're kind of all excited, hoping that we can beat the Michigan Bucks because Chicago Fire would come to us. Nice. Man, they've been having a great year, too. Yeah. I know. The one year they're good, we might actually get them. Why couldn't <laughs> we have got them the past like three years where they're god awful? It would be well, awesome to as... see Schweinsteiger, though, play at soccer park right and yeah i like think that's... he's gonna sit at home in chicago more than likely but... uh, i hope not yeah but then so... again we had we were their affiliate last year so we have drew connie or drew connor sorry um patrick duty um morel wait morel's actually with you guys now isn't he oh yeah yeah i forgot about that oh he man he's uh he, he, he's a little because he's from lakeland too originally so he's a uh oh. He's turning quickly into a fan favorite. With uh, I mean, he's only made a couple of appearances, but scored a nice goal in the Open Cup game against what turned out uh, to be his uh, college teammate as the goalkeeper. Uh, and he's had a couple little. Uh, he's got man. He's he might be one of the fastest guys on the team to begin with. I was gonna uh, say he is fast. That dude flies. Yeah, he but is. Like I was saying, it's kind of cool because a lot of those guys that trained with us and practiced with us are actually starting now. Right. So it'd be kind of cool to see them come back with their MLS side now to face us. That would be cool. That'd be kind of neat. Uh, We we got another connection too, but he's retired now. Uh, Mike Ambersley. Mike Ambo. I loved and hated Ambo all at the same time. uh, He's a great guy. Love him to death though. I want to say we started playing again in what, 2010, uh, I think he came in the year, or either the second year or the third year, won the title here in, in 2012, uh, left, I think, a year or two after that, came back uh, a year or two ago with, I forget who he was with then, um, but just is still a, a fan favorite in the area, really just class guy. Definitely. How did you did you watch him back then when he was there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I've been so going to games. What since was he like playing. when he played for you guys? Was he kind Still of Still a foot and a half too short? No, come on. <laughs> Just kidding. He's yeah, got the, but we've he's got the, the muscles. He's got the heart though. There you go. Yeah, that's 
you give me a guy who works his butt off, you know, yeah. over a guy who has just natural talent and doesn't always use it up to its potential any day of the week. And that's the kind of guy Ambersley always was to me. I loved him. Yep. Same thing in St. Louis is what we got. So yes, unfortunately his body was failing him a little bit. Oh, yeah, but so. he, you still had to drag him off the field. Oh yeah. Yeah. He wouldn't come lightly. Yeah. yeah. So Joe I'm Cole plays like a I Mike can... Ambersley kind of guy. It's the best way I can kind of describe Joe Cole is what he's been doing here. Like he'll, He's played through injuries. He's not told the, the the coaching staff about it. He's not told the the fans about it. Uh, like Joe Cole plays like a guy who has Joe Cole talent, but plays like he has Mike Ambersley talent. That's awesome. Well, I was going to ask, I'm kind of curious of all the teams you've played so far. Do you have one that you think is the best team in the USL other than, you know, say teams present here, but who's, who do you think is the best that you've played so far? Um, I mean, out of the teams we've played, like we knew Ottawa from from NASL, mm-hmm. um, Cincinnati, like they just seem to be having a rough start this year. There, I, I I thought they'd be very like it. Really seemed like we would get the win up there. Charleston kind of impressed me, uh, being a very solid team and and starting to look at the standings. It's it's like Charleston and us and and Louisville a little bit are separating them. Louisville, uh, I kind of hate that we've already played our two games against them this year because that's been. Uh, two fun matchups overall. Um, other than that, I mean, really, if I had to pick one team out of them right now, I mean, Charleston's the one that beat us at home, so I gotta, I gotta pick them, I guess. I was thinking the same thing. Like Cincinnati beat us three to zero, but Charleston, they beat us one zero, but they handled us. I mean, just handled us. Right. And granted, we were we were hurting a little bit, but but yeah, again, they've gone bad. off and wheeled off like four wins in a row, and they're doing good now. So yeah. We uh, we barely beat New York Red Bulls two, and they beat them like six one. Yeah, yeah. So, they 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 smashed me. I wasn't expecting that one. I wasn't expecting Red Bull two to be uh, to fall off that much from this last year? year. No, um, I've watched them a little bit, and uh, we have a a friend who was a uh, used to work in the box office here who now uh, runs their ticket operations uh, up there. So he's kind of given us info here and there. Um, they have yeah. a Swedish kid who looks like he accidentally got on the like New York Knicks bus, but he accidentally got on this bus. Like the dude's six <laughs> six. Like the girl that walked him out on the field, like you know they walk out holding hands with a little right. kid. Like the girl was probably four feet tall, and he still was like two and a half feet taller. Than her. <laughs> it was impressive. Nice. Uh, yeah, but looking at the looking at the rest of our schedule, uh, I mean the best team that's on our schedule, I. At least right now, I've got to say San Antonio. Oh, you guys are playing San Antonio. Yeah, we have one. Uh, one. Uh, when did they get good? Conference oh, crossover yeah, game. Came uh, out of nowhere. We play them. It's we our next to last game. Three zero last year at the end of the season, and then this year they haven't lost yet. Well, so. but they had a they had a bad game against us for sure because they were looking way better against everyone else. For some reason, they had a bad day against us last year. But yeah, they're doing so well this year. Is that one you're kind of a little worried about there? Uh, yeah, considering the, uh, the time of year, it's our next to last game on, uh, October 7th, uh, and it's on the road. Now we, we've played in that stadium before, actually, when they opened that stadium, I think we beat the, uh, then San Antonio Scorpions like five to one or five to two or something there. Uh, about a year or two later, they got back at us with a, uh, like a seven to one or something. We, we just oh. fell apart. Uh, so there's, there's been some, uh. Some 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 history between uh, at least the cities and the supporters groups, but um, I, I would like to try and make it out to that game. Honestly, I don't know if I will. I'd like to try and make it out yeah. to St. Louis sometime. My uh, sister in law lives in St. Charles, so 
Uh, I work in St. Well, Illinois or Missouri? Uh, Missouri. Okay. It, I don't know if you've ever been up here, but there is a Troy, Missouri, a Troy, Illinois, a, a St. <laughs> Charles, Missouri, a St. Charles, Illinois. <laughs> there is an O'Fallon, Missouri, and O'Fallon, Illinois, all within like a 35 minute drive of each other. Wow. <laughs> nice to nice to nice to not keep it confusing at all. Right, exactly. <laughs> no, that'd be really cool if you came up. We could show each other our uh, own own towns. It'd be really great. There's good stuff here. Very you just cool. don't hear about it. No, <laughs> you fly over it. Right. <laughs> kind of off topic, but I think he's from Tampa. Is the soccer tour guy from Tampa? Uh, no, he uh, he's from uh, yeah. He used to be the PR guy for Fort Lauderdale uh, for the Strikers. Uh, he started out his tour uh, with us at one of the uh, the uh, Florida Cup games in the preseason. He will be here in St. Louis, June 10th, and I am trying to see if we can get him on the podcast just to see. Oh, definitely. Just to he'll, talk to us for a couple minutes to see if Spencer's so bad. <laughs> he didn't listen to this podcast before he came on it. I've interviewed him, and Have we are meeting up. Yeah. <laughs> no one tells me anything. You're supposed to listen, Spencer. No. Um, but, yeah, he's coming up here, so that'll be really cool. I guess you, you, you talked to him the day that I actually interviewed him, and that's why we couldn't meet up, I think. Oh, or yeah. one of the reasons we blocked you, huh? No, no. <laughs> um, I talked to him. He talked to me on the phone, but I was trying to meet you actually. Oh, I was yeah, in yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, you should show me the town. You're like, no, I'm talking <laughs> to the soccer tour guy tonight. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's uh, Steve, yeah, Steve's a good guy. I'm. Uh, I even offered like for him to stay with us because we're right by the park and we had an extra room. Well, um, at some point, he's but... coming back here for uh, to to go to do some stuff over at IMG, and I was like, well, I can put you up over here but the uh one of the rowdy's communication guys is one yeah. of his uh best friends so he's uh he's been crashing up there with him when he comes to town he's uh, got so many offers i think i know I love it. i'm so jealous of him like to, if i was that age where i could uh, do something like that and and get people to to fund it that would be fantastic i would do that oh like i said he's living my dream right now like some people are like oh i want to go to every baseball stadium i want to do this right. i want to do that i'm like nope just give me a honda odyssey van and <laughs> let me go seriously <laughs> Uh, well, one other thing I want to ask you guys about, it's kind of the other, uh, similar similarity, I guess, between the two towns, uh, and it's kind of gone different ways for both. You probably have guessed what it's going to be now. Uh, I know exactly where this is going. Um, so how, how has the response been? Like, has, has there been any kind of noticeable change in, in the, the atmosphere or the feeling at games after the, uh, the MLS, uh, vote? I don't think so. I mean, the What's numbers your perspective. Yeah, and I'll tell you mine. I, Spencer's got a better supporter group perspective, I think, and which is going to end up being better probably. But I know the attendance has gone down for sure. And, but it always goes down around the middle of the season anyway, but graduation um, parties, kids, right. Yeah, parties, Mother's day, out. you know, and like things are happening. Memorial day, it always goes down. And, and I think it went down this last time partially because of the vote. I think for sure that was a part of it. But I would say the atmosphere hasn't really changed. And I think that's what you're going to say, Spencer. I think we've always had a great atmosphere. Um, I, since we haven't played you guys yet, uh, have you ever watched any of our games by chance? Uh, I, maybe bits and pieces. I don't think I've watched a whole okay. one just yet. We always have had a very large supporters group. We have the smoke. We have the drums. We have the full... I'm nothing against you guys. I'm just saying we have the full experience. Right. So I think all those people that were like, oh, I'm just going to start going because we're going to get MLS. Yes, some have dropped off, but I think those I've never met anybody that I've brought to a game that have been like, yeah, that's just not for me. Yeah. So I think MLS put it in a lot of people's faces and a lot of people came out. And again, I think some of them have left because, oh, if MLS isn't coming, I don't want to watch this anymore. (laughs) But I think a lot of them went, 
I mean, MLS is like 150 bucks a game. This was 10 bucks at the door and the beer's cheap. Let's keep coming to these. So I think it's helped us right. for the most part overall, though. Yeah, I remember seeing some of uh, some of your guys on Twitter like after the vote saying, ah, you know what, doesn't matter, we have a game this weekend. And I'm like, that's perfect. That's exactly uh, what you kind of want to see. Um, there was a lot of people on the outside looking at the, uh, the the way that they wanted to structure the deal and were like, you know, how can they people be, be voting for it? And, it was, you know, I'm kind of like it's, you know, it's not the deal the way I would have liked to have seen it done, but I'm not in the community. Like you guys decided to back it and, and went all out for it. So. Uh, well, like I'm not going to, I mean, a lot of people did, uh, yeah, totally. I don't want to criticize that, but uh, like, it's just, do you feel like, was it, did, was there like a feeling you guys kind of got stuck with that and it was that or nothing or. Oh yeah. Well, Well, they said that very blatant. That came out very early that we need 60 million or this isn't happening. And they've held to their guns. They're not even trying right now. And and we, if, if someone tried, if someone ponied up or someone was willing to take more than a 10 year risk in losing money, um, which is asking a lot. I'm not saying it's not, but, mm-hmm. but it's no one wants to, we'd have it. If, if anyone just did it, it would be here, but no one wants to. Um, they were demanding 60 million from the city, just the city, not our extended County or anything right. surrounding. Um, but, but, you know, we talked about it in our MLS podcast and if St. Pete, if, if you guys, lose out on this in any way you ought to go back and listen to that while you're nice and bitter because it's <laughs> it's just us talking about you know the tax just the whole vote was misunderstood for sure right. i don't think people really realized where it was coming from um and then the whole millionaires thing was coming out but um you know trying to give millionaires money and and that is true to a certain every extent. newspaper headline just read welfare for millionaires not understanding how the tax was done where it was coming from what exactly. it would do for the city and I think it just gave people bad taste. Yeah. But that said, I mean, it's really easy for someone from Tampa to look at our MLS deal and say, how can people support this? Because in my opinion, I mean, tell us about yours, because in my opinion, yours is the most pure MLS offer on the table right now, in my opinion, as far as asking for money and taxes. People talked about your vote recently that passed like 80 something to something. But that vote, but was there was just no money. Show, right? well, but there was no money involved, and then the final vote. There's hardly any city involvement, too. Can you maybe let us, St. Louisans, know? You know, show us why ours failed because I think ours failed a lot. It was for tax money, and you guys aren't really asking for much. Yeah, I think, and it's kind of been a, a, a I don't know, worst kept secret around here that the uh, the owner who came in in like uh, I want to say 2013, 2014, uh, bought the team, and the the, the previous owners like weren't hadn't met payroll in like two months and the team was about to go under and no one here knew that and they hit up this uh this local uh owner who'd never you know he'll tell you he's never watched a game of soccer in his life till he bought the team now this is his favorite thing like he owns a ton of land ton of ton of property in st pete and he's uh he's like a real estate developer and runs a mortgage corporation and all this stuff um but it kind of feels like he's worked behind the scenes for like two years getting uh like the local politicians on board the state politicians on board um and and, and working on the city council but uh so the stadium currently where we play Lang stadium it's a former minor league baseball stadium it still has that structure on the outside but inside it's completely it's so weird <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's almost like what portland used to be before they went to mls like it's yeah. uh they've they've completely tore up the the the, the pitch and, and put down leveled the field put down new grass uh, it's a, you know, the same, the, the pitch is the same size as what they have up at a uh, Columbus crew stadium. And it's actually bigger than what NYCFC has in Yankee stadium, 
which I always laughed at. Like we're able to get a full size field in the minor league stadium, and they can't do a full size field in you know the cathedral of baseball at Yankee Stadium. Um, but it's it, he's come out there. Hey, it's a cathedral because there's a million home runs hit out of that tiny yeah. little park. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, that's great. But the the stadium is owned. The stadium and the land's owned by the city, and the uh, the the club just manages it. And they're the primary tenant. They're the only team that plays there. Um, so what, uh, what they were, he says, look, uh, the owner, Bill Edwards says, look, we, we want to go to MLS and he goes, and I'll, I'll pay for the expansion of the stadium, like $80 million. I'll pay for it. Uh, I'll get a group of investors and we'll pay the MLS ex- uh, expansion fee. We don't want any city money, any County money. There's even state money in a fund that's kind of set aside for sports teams who are looking to as part of like a uh, tourism funds or something. He goes, I don't even want any of that money. I'm doing everything private. See what you said in there was is this came back of 2013. So you said he's been not buttering up politicians, but he's been very been very active with all this. With yeah, but behind the scenes the a lot, I think. Losing, yeah. Or the Rams leaving, we got the ownership group got thrown into it very quickly. Right. So I think, I mean, what do you think it was from start to finish? From the words MLS might be coming to St. Louis to the vote. What nine months? Yeah. So everything was so quick. Way, everything was so fast that a lot of people weren't educated on how this worked, where you guys have had a little more time, I think. Right. Well, not only that, um, but it's actually, I, it never occurred to me either, and uh, uh, I'm sorry if I'm throwing shade on on a Tampa deal, but, you know, we were going to own, or no, was St. Louis going to own the stadium? It was. St. Louis the City, city was going to own the stadium, because, and that's how our whole problem breaks down, is if, SCSTL, the ownership group, owned mm-hmm. the stadium, then they're on the hook for uh, property tax and everything. Right. And they don't want to own the stadium because then the city can't use that stadium for uh, concerts and stuff. Their whole thing was, it's good for the city. We're going to pay you rent for 30 years. We'll even do all the upkeep and you can rent it out to other people. So SCSTL yeah. did not want to own the stadium. But they were going to upkeep it and they were going to maintain it. They were going to, you know, sign a lease for 30 years or something like that. The, you know, the, the lease wasn't going to be bad, which is that whole anti-Rams deal thing. So, um, but yeah, so those are the differences, I think. But but still, the city's not paying hardly anything. And it sounds like the state wants in on top of that. Yeah, the, that's got a really good thing going. The taxpayers aren't going to pay anything for it. Uh, I mean, and that's even, you know, it, it's easy to say before, it, you know, a shovel goes in the ground, they're not going to pay for it. But uh, in that referendum, that vote they had, I mean, heck, the owner even paid the cost of putting on the special uh, yeah. referendum for it. Um, like it's in the language that the city and the, the county will not provide any money for this. Uh, because the city and the county, they still want to own the land and the stadium. He's going to expand it, uh, and because because it's public property, the uh, the the charter for the city of St. Pete says that voters have to vote on whether uh, to allow a lease of longer than five years. So what he what the whole vote was was uh, can we negotiate a can the city negotiate a longer lease basically? Uh, yeah. And it all depends on if we're picked as one of the the four teams. Uh, if not, where then, does he want to put the stadium? Uh, right where it is. He's just going to expand it. Updating, yeah. Oh, so he's just going to knock down that stadium and build an MLS stadium on the same ground? Not it's even that. He's it. he's just he's going to put because you've got like the the old baseball stand, the you know third right. base, first base kind of thing. Then the other side is 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 empty. There's like a portable stand there now with about a thousand seats. He's going to build a stand on that side. Uh, he said how much this all cost. He says eighty million. Yeah. See, that was our other problem. 
is it wasn't just 80 million it was 250 million to build the stadium and then right. another 250 million for the expansion i think that's where this all went sideways and what a lot of people said was why don't you just build a 150 million dollar stadium we save 100 mil you don't need 60 mil from the city but well, but that's but that's where I think they're so pure about it is they say they know what they can afford without oh, asking for exactly. city money. So the good side is they there's a good chance this passes any kind of vote or any kind of pol- pol- political problem they could run into in the future. I guess this is where I kind of want to finish this conversation, though, is we had MLS on our side, maybe partially because ours was so expensive and right. fancy and because of the and soccer city center. that we are. But what do you think your hopes are, Matt, in, in in landing this as far as MLS politics is concerned? I mean, I'm biased. I I, I, I admittedly look at everything through my, my green and gold tinted glasses. Uh, <laughs> Garber owns a home in Sarasota. We've heard from multiple uh, people that they are trying to recreate what uh, Seattle, Portland, Vancouver have in the southeast. Um mm-hmm. And us and Orlando are a infinitely more natural rival than uh, Orlando and Miami. And then you would throw in Atlanta as kind of that third Southeast team and, and the way they've taken off down there. Uh, so I think they're interested in it. And, I, and, and part of me thinks that the whole approach to this is part of that plan because uh, there seems to be this whole trend, you know, with public opinion, at least uh towards you know privately funding stadiums and not doing public funding and he's just going to put it out there look we have you know we have local government we have state government on board with this we have private funding like it's almost like they're daring them not to do it and and how does it look for them to go and pick a a a taxpayer funded option over um you know a privately I funded option money's money yeah do you i think it hurts you at all seeing that you've had mls in the past and it's failed I don't think so because there were so many other factors. I mean, that was was MLS 1.0. There never was a local owner or investor in the team. Uh, MLS ran that team the entire time they were here. Uh, and I don't think I mean they, they they put it in Raymond James Stadium uh, or you know the old Tampa Stadium now uh, back then because I used to, I remember I remember going to those games. Um, part of the problem was that it wasn't the Rowdies. The, the Rowdies were so kind of rooted in the community as as far as as you know, they were the first pro sports team in, in Tampa Bay. They were uh, the first championship winning team. They were a big thing here during their original run. Uh, and when MLS first came in and said, we don't want to have anything to do with the old NASL and we're not going to use those names and we're not going to use that, uh, that, that, that kind of heritage, it turned a lot of people off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't think so. Uh, everything we've heard from MLS people, uh, Garber did a, a present, not, not a present, like a sports uh, marketing seminar down here at USF. And he's like, I think it'd be a great place. Uh, you know, I don't think there'll be any issues with the, the, the one thing Orlando likes to bring up our uh, territorial rights and media rights stuff. He's like, look, we fixed it everywhere. We fixed it in LA. We fixed it in, you know, uh, New England and in the, in the Northeast. Like we'll fix it yeah. here too. Uh, it seems like he's on board with it as being a possibility. Um it's just a matter of, of getting into that four spot. And if, if, if Beckham and Miami can't get going and can't get their uh, stuff off the ground, uh, then I, that's another chip in our favor, I would say. How long before that's just dead? Uh, <laughs> I read a thing like, that they could, what, day, what time is it? Well, they, <laughs> they brought in a, uh, another investor and they're negotiating a deal to buy yeah. this last like three acre parcel of land. And it's going to a vote. Um, soon and and i last i saw like beckham publicly said this is it if if we don't get this vote we're done it, it won't no happen so, beckham st louis 
So no yeah. way. So I just want to back up a tiny bit because my favorite thing you guys meant you mentioned there was that you know you have local ownership now and you didn't have it before and mm-hmm. you listed all those wonderful things about the way the club is now and one of the maybe one of the reasons to leave NASL was because I talked you we talked about Bernasconi and and I can't remember whose podcast it was either yours or I think it might have been Extra Time was talking about his time at the Strikers and what went wrong. And that was like the main thing he listed there was just there was no homegrown people getting into it in Fort Lauderdale. They were just the owner came and bought a thing to save it, bought it all out, and then started trying to bring in um, superstars for advertising, even though they weren't a part of the club. You know, it was just a mess and a half. And you guys got a lot of you got a good fan base there, and so I think that's that's half the battle. Good ownership, that's another half probably. I think you guys got what it takes. My again, my only worry is MLS. I, I wish you guys the best though. You're you're my favorite plan as far as MLS plans go. <laughs> uh, we always like to joke that uh, you know everyone else in Florida says they can't do a downtown waterfront stadium, and we've had it for uh, about three years now. So I don't know what Love the problem it. is. And it's beautiful. You pass it right by that uh-huh. bridge on the way out and to a, IMG. So it was great. It's a it's a beautiful spot, especially in the uh, the early season, like the April May games, when you still get a breeze coming off the bay right uh-huh. there. It, and they're going to keep that. Key. They're they're kind of doing it almost like uh, San Jose's, where you're going to have an open end. There's going to be one open end out into the bay and one open end looking out into downtown. Like you can see Tropicana Field and some of that area. You know, assuming mm-hmm. Tropicana Field is still there at some point. Um, now I'm jealous. Maybe oh. I'll just move there just for MLS. Hey, man. <laughs> it's going to be fun. We'll wait and see. We're, we're oh, yeah, I love it. It's great. We're very eager to, to see what happens. But, like, you know, and, and if, if it doesn't, it's not going to change my opinion of it. Like, you know, talking about how you guys dealt with the uh, the, the letdown there. Uh, my only worry, though, is that if it doesn't happen, the uh, I, I can't picture the owner, like, still continuing to hang on to the team. Uh, mm. I, I would assume he would probably sell because he's like, I want to go to MLS. So if it doesn't happen, wow. uh, and then what happens to bringing in guys like Joe Cole and Marcel Schaefer and uh, stuff like that? So it, it'll. That's what we were afraid about is like everybody we signed was at the beginning of the whole MLS thing. So does Precky leave next year to all of these right. players that came hoping for MLS? But like you and I talked about before, MLS is four years away. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody, nobody has hopes of, let me just sit at St. Louis for the next four years when they get MLS, hopefully we're the team. Yeah, I think, but I think St. Louis is spoiled in that way. I think everyone else has MLS in their eyes. You know, you have to think that teams like Phoenix and San Antonio who have more or less said this, you know, they're, they're <laughs> they got their eyes on MLS. Yeah. And so I think St. Louis is spoiled in that way. Uh, that's really unfortunate that, you know, maybe the owner wouldn't stick around for longer division two soccer in Tampa, but you never know, or maybe you get bought out by a good owner too. So, well, we always kind of joke around the, uh, the guy that owns the lightning is, uh, uh, he's on the board at Liverpool. Um, and he he used to have, uh, you know, the guy that ran, uh, LA galaxy and stuff for, uh, AEG was his, uh, his like CEO of the team for a while. So we know he's got kind of an interest, but you know, he's a very Tampa guy and, and, and our guy is a very St. Pete guy. And, uh, those two areas can kind of butt heads sometimes, so I don't know if it would ever happen. Uh, Do you guys like Khan or no? Do what? You guys like Khan, Jacksonville Jaguars owner? I've heard he's phenomenal for that city. I, I, I you know, I, I know the fans like him. I know the players and, and coaches and stuff like him, but the, he had, they haven't gotten the results yet. He has more money than God. You don't think he could <laughs> help you guys out if uh... he's a St. Louisan? I think that's why Spencer's asking. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, well, you know, a lot of people thought that he would come back up here yeah, because right. he has the experience owning stuff, but he never. Came I to mean, fruition. he's. It, I'm almost starting to wonder if he's more invested in Fulham now than he is in uh, in the Jaguars. That is true. Because Fulham seems cool, to be making right? a little bit of a, a step up. Well, what do you think? Is there, you got anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up? I don't think so. Uh, One last thing, prediction. What do you guys got? Hmm. I'll, I'll start. Okay. I'm going to say 3-1 uh, Tampa. <laughs> wait, wait, wait Dude, to have faith. <laughs> man, you don't have her legs under us. Uh, and I think you're going to bunker and counter-strike because it's so far worked for everyone who's tried it. So there's that. for us. I, well, and that's, you know, most of the teams that come here have played that way with the exception of uh, Louisville. I mean, we've had, you know, 60, 70 percent possession in most of our home games uh, in, awesome. in a couple of the away ones, too. But Louisville came here and uh, was like, hey, we're going to attack. And, and they did. And we still got a, a two nothing win out of that kind of by playing the, the, the counterattack a little bit. So uh, we'll have to see if, if they're willing to, to change up strategies. But uh, it's been a good sign, at least for that game. They were willing to to make some changes. Uh, What's your but, prediction? Uh, I always seem to default to two one, uh, and I'll go with that again for this game. We're going to be at the. It's going to be the last, not even really the last game before a break because they're going to have Open Cup a couple days later. Um, but being back home for the first time in a couple days, uh, I'm going to go two one. You guys are tired. St. Louis one zero. All right. <laughs> hey, someone's got someone's got to do it. I had to. <laughs> and I, I want to warrant my statement. If you guys play all your starters and even your starting center backs, I got to at least say that. No, I'm going to say 3-1 if that happens. If okay. not, if you guys put in some backups to kind of save a little bit of legs, I, I don't know if you'll win. But I mean, now even our, our, our kind of our, our first uh, our first sub at, at center back was our captain last year. So uh, still quality, but uh, just Damien Lowe coming in has just been a, so just crazy. a huge presence. I know. it's, And then we had, you know, I've talking earlier about players like you know we even brought in like leo fernandez who had a heck of a year with new york cosmos like two years ago and then went back to uh philly's system and was at bethlehem still where he really didn't do much and he's uh been having fun down here too he's been in a little bit of a rough uh, spot of form lately but got to break out of it at some point i guess like we have a smaller roster than we've had probably in two years i think we've got like 22 23 guys and we've been almost at 30 the couple years before uh, but it seems like, you know, there's not a huge drop off in the, 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 the depth between the first, uh, choice guys and the second choice guys. And it, it just feels like we have a stronger team overall. It's just, you know, we've, we've been kind of the, uh, look really good on paper, shoot ourselves in foot, uh, almost every game the last few years. So, uh, it's kind of a new feeling this year going out okay. and, uh, and, and playing the way we think we're supposed to, uh, and, uh, hopefully it continues. <laughs> No well, offense to you guys. <laughs> I would say you're one of the MVs of the league for sure. Um, you guys look great. And, uh, you know, I swear every time a top four stats in the East comes up, I, you guys are at the top of it every time. So, yeah, we'll see how it how it goes on Saturday. Um, but, yeah, Matt, thanks for uh, talking to us. I'm glad this uh, crossover thing happened. I think it went well. Yeah. I don't know if I can throw this whole thing in our show because we're already at, like, the, the whole length of our regular show, but I'll chop some stuff. Oh up yeah, we're probably gonna just throw it up, but we'll probably start with a little <laughs> bit of talk and throw it in right after that. But yeah, it's a it's a good long conversation. Yeah, it was yeah, fun. We'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah, definitely. All, all right, right, we'll talk you... again after the after the game. All right, man. Take all right, have, have a good uh, have a good week and uh, have a fun weekend, but not too fun. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, talk to yeah. you guys later.
Thank you for listening to the STL Soccer Report, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, BGN.FM, and STLSoccerReport.com. If you have any questions you'd like read on air, please send them to STLSoccerReport at gmail.com.